Hey there, fellow parent entrepreneurs. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to join us here on the Kenza Pod. My name is Tiffany Jones. I'm the co-founder and CEO of the Kenza Collective, where we empower and educate parents who are making the transition from working for the man to working for themselves. Our goal is to help you create a life where you have autonomy, freedom, and the power to dictate how you spend your days, all based on your family's unique needs. So if you're ready to hand in your notice and experience the freedom that comes from working for yourself, or if you've already done it and are in the trenches trying to manage all the pieces, you're in the right place. Be sure to check out kenzacollective.com for all kinds of resources specifically geared toward the busy working parent. And thanks again for being here. Now let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome to the Kenza Pod. Today is another episode in our ongoing series called So Ya Wanna Be Ya. And what we do in that series is we explore all kinds of different types of freelance or consulting gigs that parents specifically are doing. And a lot of them are parents of younger children, you know, under 10 years old. Um, And we really try and understand what the job is, how they got their start. So how did they, what background skills did they maybe have that translated into this type of role? and what it's like on a day-to-day basis to do this type of job. So that is our goal with these episodes. You can find all of them on our website, kenzacollective.com. If you go to the podcast, you can just sort by all of these episodes um, and start to learn what might be a good fit for you if you're in that position of kind of exploring what your next step is. Um, So today we have the pleasure of talking with Lauren Wrighton. She is a podcast strategist and she has been helping female business owners launch their chart topping shows since 2017. She now uses her expertise to help freelancers become profitable podcast managers in her course, The Podcast Manager Program. Plus she hosts a podcast herself, of course, um, called The Podcast Manager Show. Um, Aside from podcasting, Lauren loves being a wife to her husband, David, and a mama to her three young girls. And so on today's episode, just like I said in the intro, we're going to be learning about her background, how she got to start um, as a freelance podcast manager, what it means to be a podcast manager, like what does that even involve, Um, what kind of skills you might need to to do that or might need to go learn, Uh, what it's like to juggle kids and career and any other pro tips, warnings, heads up, things to do um, if this is something that you are exploring. So before I welcome Lauren, I want to say hello to Beth Gummery, my co-hostess and co-everything with the Kenza Collective. (laughs) Hi, Beth. Thank you, Tiffany. Good to see you. And good to see you, Lauren. And we always like to keep track of where Beth is in the world. She is currently in Maine. So (laughs) as of this recording, she is in Maine at the moment. In Maine in the rain. It's raining hard over here. How long have you been waiting for that? (laughs) (laughs) ever since Um, i closed the windows before we got started (laughs) (laughs) welcome to the podcast lauren thank you for having me i'm excited to be here yeah all right so we always like to get started on these stories about having you tell us a little bit about your background and your story before all of this got started so back us up to were you working beforehand and how did you how did you get into this Lauren tell us all the things yeah yeah so <laughs> the beginning of my story is in 2012 
I got to go all the way back to 2012. I had just graduated college and I had happened upon an MLM and I loved the idea of working for myself and working at home and having a balance of work and life for my future kids. And I was thinking real long term. And so I I did this MLM for a couple of months. It wasn't the great the greatest fit for me. So didn't last very long, but that was really where I got bit by the entrepreneurial bug. And it took me many, many tries and, you know, quote unquote failures to really figure out what was the right fit for me. But I spent the next uh, five years trying different things out. I had a vegan cookbook at one point that nobody bought. Um, I did some other things, can't even remember, but just all sorts of odds and ends. Uh, and then I, I finally uh, was working as a group fitness instructor. So I was working full time in fitness. Um, I had I got pregnant with my daughter, decided I really want to work part time and have a balance. That's not you know, that's different than a full time job. So I my plan when I had my daughter in 2016 was to be a group fitness instructor and be at home with my daughter. So that's what I was doing. And it just, the fitness industry had changed and I, I knew it wasn't the best fit for me long-term and I still wanted to be an entrepreneur. I, it wasn't working out, but I was like, this, there's something here. There's something here. So my friend and I, in the end of 2016, started our own podcast about fitness and we just kind of thought like, who knows where this will take us, but let's do it. And she was a, she had just become a registered dietitian. So it was a great, a great fit. Uh, and I was doing the, all the behind the scenes. I was editing, doing all of that self-taught. Uh, my degree is actually in neurobiology. So not fitness related, not podcasting related. <laughs> a third thing that I haven't done as a career. Uh, but yeah, so I, I really fell in love with the behind the scenes. And I, because I'd already been introduced to the entrepreneurial world, I knew that the, it was a service I could offer people. It was like, there's got to be other podcasters that are looking for this. So in the beginning of 2017, I got on Upwork. I don't know if the listeners are familiar with what Upwork is, but it was a platform where people hire freelancers. And it was actually Elance back then. But I got on Upwork and, you know, applied for like a bajillion jobs. (laughs) It's it's pretty tough to get jobs on there. You have to really, really want it. So applied for a bajillion jobs, finally landed one. And I, I really liked the show and I liked the client, but a couple things were were not fitting. Number one, I was getting paid $30 an episode and spending five yeah. hours on it. <laughs> so oh, no. blood, sweat, and tears going into yeah. this editing process. Not to mention, I, I was doing this at night with my daughter. You know, my daughter would go down for bed at seven o'clock and I would go and spend five hours editing this, this episode and make $30. And it, it all kind of came to a head in May of 2017, I was looking at my computer and saw the five episodes that I had ready to edit. And I looked at it and I thought, okay, that's going to be a little over $100 worth of work, yet it's going to take me 25 hours to do. And I was like, this mm. isn't sustainable. And Mm-mm. and I just, I liked it, but it wasn't sustainable. So I quit. And I told that client, you know, I've got to move on to something else. And I just thought, you know what, dead end. And so I, I, I was being a group fitness instructor this whole time, but I just re kind of recommitted to that and figured 
if it's meant to be, I'll find my way. Um, and fast forward to uh, the end of 2017, I was pregnant with my second daughter and I was at a wedding and with my husband and there was a girl there that also ha- that had two kids at the wedding. And my husband's like, let's go over and talk to her. Like she's got two kids. We've, we're about to have two kids. You know how it is. <laughs> yeah. So I went over and talked to her and she said, you asked, I asked her what she did or whatever. And she said, I teach moms how to become freelancers. And I was like, oh. that's so weird because I just failed at that. <laughs> There's a lot I don't know about that <laughs> because I just tried that like six months ago and it didn't work out. So I ended up following her journey for a couple of months um, and, and bought, purchased her program and became a virtual assistant. And then finally found my way into, okay, I'm going to try this podcasting thing again. Uh, and eventually launched her her podcast in September of 2018. And so now, you know, a couple years later, I've, I've been doing it and helping others to become podcast managers. I love that. So, so you became a podcast manager for this one, but then at some point you transitioned to teaching other people how to do it. And how mm-hmm. and why did that happen? Yeah, so I was in a community with a lot of virtual assistants, social media managers, um, online business managers, and there was this opening of podcasts and not a lot of like, you know, everybody was like, how are you doing this? I just Mm -hmm. pivoted into podcast management, uh, but there was not any training really being offered at that time. And so that community was asking me, and because I had tried passive products before with no success, I was really hesitant on creating a program that no one would buy. I had a lot of limiting beliefs around that. Yeah. I was like, I'm just going to waste my time when being a freelancer, it's like you work and you get paid. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. So I know exactly (laughs) what you mean. Yes. We know we're, we're right there with you. Yeah. 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 So in January of 2019, I'd been really a podcast manager solid for six months. And they people were asking me, like, just help me a little bit, please. And, uh, and so I finally was like, you know what? Okay, I'll do this. I, I, I started my course. It was $50 and made a couple of videos. And then since 2019, uh, it, now it's just grown and grown and grown. So cool. Yay. Good yeah. job. That's that's <laughs> amazing. You. Congratulations. All all the things. Yay. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, I know how hard it is. It's um it's very overwhelming to be jumping into that space and trying mm-hmm. to figure out um I know I have something good to offer. I know there's a lot of information. I have a lot to help people with and then how do you get in front of people and uh w- with such a crowded noisy space. So, kudos to you for hanging in there and and getting that going. I so what does a podcast manager do for those of us who are listening from from out there in listener land? <laughs> yes, yeah, this is a question I get all the time. So, what a <laughs> podcast manager does is helps a podcast podcaster do maybe all of these things or maybe just a selection of these things so they can edit an episode they can write a description for that episode and upload it they can do show notes which is usually like a blog post on the website that's related to the episode they can create social media graphics one one being an audiogram which is that you know photo it's the graphic with the audio behind it they can, they, they, we usually make those and then they can do strategy, 
of course, and guest management, which would be helping with the booking process, making sure guests have the social media graphics to help promote the episode so they can help with that logistical piece. Love it. That sounds like five jobs. Yeah, yeah, it really does. (laughs) And it's tough to do on your own. I'm not sure if you guys can relate, but you guys are co-hosts, which helps with the, with this, but being a podcaster and doing all of those pieces, it's really very like heavy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, it's hard to do all of it and still keep the enthusiasm behind the show I, I find. And so, yeah, it's, it's also just kind of a partner for your show and someone else to manage all of those pieces. Yeah, totally. And I think what's nice about it, too, is when you can find someone that you trust to make some judgment calls on cutting things out. Um, The person who has been editing our podcast, she's actually a close friend of mine, but also a really skilled editor. Hey, Rachel, if you're listening. Um, And I fully trust her to go through and say, you know, this part of the conversation, eh, let's just cut it. You know, it didn't really add too much and it's just making it longer. And and at first we were kind of going back and forth. And I'm like, girl, I trust you. Cut that out. So I think that (laughs) that is... Something that we've actually been looking for a new editor because Rachel's life got a little crazy and she's not able to um, be editing at this point in time. Um, And that's one of the skills that I was specifically looking for was someone who was confident with being able to go through and kind of make some of those judgment calls. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, maybe you can talk to us about kind of like the skill set that someone might need to learn. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people listening, they're like, okay, I could probably write a description of a show, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I could come up with a title. I could figure out Canva. But I imagine that the harder part that people think about is the editing side of things. Can you help people understand how tough of a learning curve of that is that if they've never done anything like that? Yeah. And I can very much relate because I, like I said, I have no formal training and 99% of the podcast managers that, you know, I'm around also don't have formal training. In fact, when you have formal training, I find it, it kind of bogs you down because you have all of the, it's like you have too much skill that it's hard to put it all into one, you know, podcast episode. And another thing that I always bring up with, with students and people I talk to is that podcasters aren't always looking for the best and most skilled audio engineer. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of a mindset shift that you make is they want the end product to be excellent. Yes, we all want our podcast to be as best, as great as they can be. Uh, but like you said, Tiffany, that it's really, there's a combination of, you know, how you edit and the content that you edit out. And there's a lot of pieces to it. So to answer your question, it's way more intimidating than it needs to be learning how to edit. You know, people find it to be for, for whatever reason, which I can totally create, I can totally relate that it's, it's pretty intimidating when you first are doing it. And there is a learning curve. The first time you edit, you like, it's one of those things that you can actually go into most editing softwares and, and start like it's, it's, it's intuitive enough that you can just go in and, and start practicing. But the first podcast episode that you edit is going to take you way longer than it will eventually. And so if you can get past that uh, disappointment of, oh my gosh, it took me five hours to edit a 30 minute episode. If you can get past that disappointment and then, then you can keep learning and within a couple more episodes, you can be a lot faster and have some more skills. So honestly, I think anyone can learn how to 
how to edit a podcast. And although it's very detail oriented, it's very creative. And so if mm-hmm. you're someone who kind of enjoys the creative side of things, it's actually a lot more creative than it is technical. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point to make. It really is about crafting the story mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. A, you, a person who's listening you know, unless the audio is just really jacked up and it like is painful to listen to, which has happened to us one time, you know, uh, they will hang in there if the content and the story is really interesting and really good and something that's useful for them. And it's not feeling Mm -hmm. like it's sort of dragging on, dragging on. And that's, I mean, speaking from my own personal podcast listening experience, but, um, you know, it's, that's, that's again, what I was looking for was someone who like, could tell a story and could help me tell the story and give feedback on, hey, next time you're doing this type of episode, maybe this type of question would be better, you know? Um, There is a lot of creative pieces to it. And like you were saying, so my background's in film, and so I learned how to edit video, actually the old way, like tape to tape back in high school, and then, um, you know, have gone from there and now can edit video and audio and all that kind of stuff. But you know, you do get a lot faster. There's shortcuts that you learn. There's um, hacks and tricks out there listening to it at like one and a half speed and, you know, just different ways that you can work with the person that you're um, editing for to help speed things up a little bit. You know, so that's a great point, Lauren, to make is that, you know, it's going to be, yes, it's going to be painful at first, um, but just like any software, any skill, you know, it'll get better and better over time. And I always tell people to like, if you have a Mac, just use GarageBand. Like that's what I started editing on when we first launched Kenzapod. I was just like dropping our audio tracks in there in GarageBand and editing them through there. And it's so simple in there. So anyway, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Is there is there any other piece of the puzzle that would be like kind of a learning curve that people might expect to, to have when they're getting started on something like this? Uh, I think really the editing is, is that piece. Uh, but as far as, you know, getting good at all of these pieces together, I find that if you are a podcast junkie, like 99% of podcast managers would say that they're a podcast lover, podcast junkie, and they've been really been educating themselves on how to be how to be a podcast manager by listening to all different types of shows. So mm-hmm. it some the reason I'm thinking of this is because some people find might find show notes to be hard to write but Mm. if you're listening to an episode and then looking at show notes you see how they're being done and you also have an an intuition on how they should be done because you're a listener you know you understand why people use show notes and things so if someone is is thinking like oh you know I've been listening to podcasts that you already know kind of like what do people say in their intros how does the music fade in and out like you already have a somewhat of a skill set and you don't even really realize it yeah That's such a good point. I love that. Beth, you want to jump in? Can you talk to us about the evolution of a podcast manager and where do they start and where does this path lead once people decide to become a podcast manager? Yeah, I love that. So most of the time, people are coming from two different uh, directions. So they're either a podcast editor already and they want to be that they want to play a bigger role in their client's business or podcast. So they're, they've got the editing down or, or maybe they're not really making any money. Like what, like my experience, it was like, I, I had taught myself how to edit, but I, I couldn't get all the business pieces together. So they're either coming from that angle and they want to, they want to put on the management hat 
or they're a virtual assistant, a social media manager, or they want to be a virtual assistant. And then they see, oh, podcast management is an option. So at that point, they don't really have any skills besides maybe you know, maybe they've written blogs before or maybe they just kind of have like admin skills and they're they're comfortable in Canva. Um, re- regardless, they, you know, most people start with editing minimally when they work with clients. Some people actually don't. They they bring on an editor from the start and they they, they just work with clients in the sense of they have an editor and then they do the graphics and the show notes and the management. So you don't have to edit, but most of the people most people from the beginning they edit and they then like to move more into a strategy role so they're either offering podcast strategy because they've seen behind the scenes on so many shows that they're like okay I I get how this works now and I can offer some like more consulting Mm -hmm. to their clients Uh, so they might still do all of the done for you services plus the strategy or they might just kind of go into strategy um, and, and help clients just launch or just grow their shows, that type of thing. Yeah, I love that. And that's, I mean, I I mentioned earlier, I can't remember if we were recording yet, um, but that I was, I had applied to, so Lauren has a jobs board that you can, if you're looking for a podcast manager, you can send in some information, you'll get a lot of responses back, which was great. And um, there were some like main differentiators that I was looking for there. And some of that was around like, you know, I can find someone who can edit. Like that's not going to be necessarily like the difficult part. What I was looking for specifically was like someone to be helping me with the strategic side of things. So Mm -hmm. how can I be growing this podcast? Like give me your honest feedback. How are these episodes landing? How is what I'm saying working for you? And, you know, just someone that's like a little bit more of like not just doing the work and doing Mm -hmm. the checking off tasks, but also like working with me and giving me some feedback and information based on all the other stuff that they're seeing out there in the world. Because they're, you know, podcasting is just one piece of our business. Mm -hmm. and you know I just don't have the bandwidth to be like doing a super crazy deep dive into like how to expand our reach even though arguably I should be doing that so you know I think sense though yeah and so I think for anybody out there listening like being able to differentiate yourself in this space is something that I have learned to be really important as I've been looking for candidates so one of them is that strategy piece I would say the other thing that um, Lauren, you might even want to share with your students is when I was getting a lot of those emails, I almost immediately, um, I didn't delete anything just because I, I did respond to everybody, but I like put people on my like no pile to anyone who didn't personally connect with me and my podcast. So I, if I could tell that it was just like a copy and paste email, I just didn't take the time to connect with them because you have to remember that this is like a passion project for a lot of people or, you know, going on and doing a podcast is it's a lot of time and effort and money and, you know, it's just creating content is so much, so time and energy intensive that, Mm -hmm. um, I wanted someone who was going to say, Hey, I checked out your podcast. I listened to this one episode. I'm so excited you're doing this. Your target audience is great. This is, I relate to them in this way or just anything that showed me that they like cared about what we were doing. That was someone that I wanted to talk to. So um, that was another sort of key piece for me when I was looking to hire a podcast manager, just throwing those out there. Yeah. No, that's actually something that we talk about a lot in my program is that you really want to go for clients that you're interested 
in their topic. Because like you were saying with this strategy piece or their like professional opinion on what you're doing, when they're genuinely interested in what you're doing and they'd probably follow you regardless if they worked with you, they're probably following people that other people that are like you. So they're, like you said, they're seeing what's going on in this, the industry and the space and can bring interesting ideas to you. And it's a no brainer for them. You know, they're, but once again, they're kind of educating themselves without even trying to versus if you try to, if you try to work with someone who is just speaking on something that you just don't, you're not really connected with. It's, it's harder to provide that type of like really custom value. And you can just tell, like you said, that uh, podcasting is such a passion project. It really is. Even when you're making money on it, like it's, it's always a passion project. And people see, sometimes see their podcast as like a, their babies, just like their businesses are their babies. And so in order to trust someone to make them sound great, it's like you need to be able to connect with them on a, you know, personal or one-on-one basis. There has never been a better time to leverage your experience and network to launch a freelance business. We want to teach you how. Check out our You Can Do This course, where we teach you the eight key steps that you need to take in order to hand in your notice and never look back. We answer questions like, what services should I offer? How will I manage it all as a busy parent? How much money can I actually make? How do I find clients? Do I need a website? How do I set up my financial structure? And how do taxes work? By the end of the course, you will have filled out a playbook, AKA a business plan, that will give you the confidence that you need to quit working for the man and start taking control of your time, your energy, your income, and your schedule. Head to kenzacollective.com slash you can do this or find the link in our show notes to learn more. Okay, now back to the episode. Let's talk about Beth's favorite subject, money. <laughs> I so was just gonna say. How- <laughs> Yeah, get in there, Beth. You get in there and ask okay. this question. This is your question. <laughs> so I always wanted I always want to know how, how it works financially. So so you know, is this is this the kind of thing being a podcast manager, a freelance podcast manager, how much money can people make doing this? And how much time does it take to do this? Yeah. So great question. And I love transparency around money. So let's get into it. <laughs> um my focus is is always helping people do this part time. And so you can so I'll talk about part time stuff, but you can always expand and do this full time. You you know, you could totally do it. But a lot of people that I talk to are parents and we all want to do this less than 40 hours a week. So in in a 20 20 hour week, it generally takes about 3 to 4 hours to do one client. So Back when I was working nights, I would work from 7p to 10p and I would take care of my young daughters during the day. And so I could do one client per night. And, and mm. so, and you don't, you don't necessarily want to work every single night, <laughs> but that kind of yeah. gives you an idea of maybe how many clients that you could work with. And it depends on the tasks, but for the most part, it takes about that long to edit a 30, 45 minute show, to do show notes, to create graphics, three to four hours. And packages range from really $500 when you're when you're starting and you know maybe you're you're just doing editing or something like that it the average is 500 to 1500 is is the bit is the average so on one client you're making between 500 and 1500 dollars a month is is what I'm describing (laughs) um and like I said it depends on experience level and then also you know what all you're doing with them are you doing guest management you know that's a lot of 
not a lot of back and forth, but you're working in their email, connecting with guests, pitching people. So there's a lot of value in that um, to get to the higher packages. But yeah, so that's, so you can, you know, if you have four clients and it's $1,000, you can make $4,000 a month easy on doing this. Yeah, that's a really great way to frame it. And um, Beth, do you have any other questions about the financial piece, the financial side of things there? So how many episodes is that per customer, per per client, per month? Is that like one every week or is that one a month or is, what's the frequency? That's one every week. One every week. That's one a week and it's probably like a 30 to 45 minute episode. So that's average. You know, some people do every other week. Some people do, you know, a 45 minute episode and a 10 minute episode a week. So Mm. things can fluctuate, but that is generally for like a 30 to 45 minute episode per week. Okay, that makes sense. And yeah, like you were saying, you know, of course, things could scale up from there. You know, you could take on more clients if you wanted to spend more time or you could hire your own VA to maybe take on some of the you know, writing or communication or coordinating so that you could take on more clients. You could move up to the strategy piece and do Mm -hmm. more of that and have someone else under you doing the editing. I mean, you know, the thing that I always like to, I like to remind people is that you, you can scale and you don't have to scale, you know, you can go off on your own. You can do something like this for as long as you want until you get to a point where you're wanting to maybe bring a couple people on or you don't ever have to do that. And that's fine, too. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's just kind of a fun journey to go on where you're like, not really sure where exactly this is going to land me, but uh, just going to get started. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought up like you don't necessarily have to scale because I think on podcasts in the in the freelance space, it's like always more and how can we get how can we grow bigger which I'm all about that's that's awesome but I think there's a there's a time in our especially as parents where it's like maybe your kids are young and you just need something that will fit in with that free time you have so you're like I just need something to do um, during this time I don't necessarily need it to become this amazing thing right now Um, but it can it can hang out here for a while and then I can grow it when the kids are in school or you know, my, my nest is empty or whatever. So I love that about just being a freelancer in general is that you have control over how much time you're going to invest into your business and how many clients you're going to take on and all of that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Same. It's, um, such a great perk. You can kind of mm-hmm. like, I think of like a fire hose. It's like, you can turn it on all the way or you can just like kind of just chill it out and let it trickle a little bit, you know, and you can yeah. do that in different seasons of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and prepare for that. So that's really awesome. So I'm looking at some of our other questions. We've, we've answered a lot. We were going to ask you, you know, do you have any, do you need to have any editing experience or anything like that in your past? But, it, you know, I think you've answered that that's not really necessary. You know, as long as you're, you're feeling technical, profi- technically proficient, you can kind of pick something up and are willing to jump in there and learn something new. I th- feel like that's probably a good starting place. Tell us before, so we're going to talk about your podcast manager program, which I want to hear all about. But um, another question we get a lot is where would I find clients? Like how Mm. would I start to reach out and find people who might be looking for my services, especially if you're just getting started? Uh, Well, as I said in the beginning, there, I, I started on like a job board like Upwork and no, no shame on Upwork. I'm sure it works for certain freelance 
things. And I know like Fiverr works for some freelance services, but I would not recommend that approach when it comes to podcast management. Still, even though it's been a handful of years since I was on that, anytime someone tries it, it's like, it's so much work and not a great reward. So instead, what I recommend is number one, know what kind of podcaster you want to work with, because that will help you to know where you can go find them. You know, if it's maybe an author or someone who is, has more of a professional topic, then LinkedIn can be a really great place to find podcasting clients. If it's, you know, maybe in the parenting space, like a parenting coach or a a mom type podcast, then Facebook groups are a great place to find those type of podcasters. And then there's a lot of uh, clients, podcasters also on Instagram. So those social media places are where my students find a majority of their clients. Uh, And then other people will cold pitch, which I know sometimes people hear that and they're like, that sounds like the worst thing ever. You don't have to do it. <laughs> you don't have to cold pitch anybody. But, you know, some people will cold pitch their favorite companies or their like their favorite uh, influencer or what, what have you um, about, about them starting a podcast. And people have had a lot of success with that as well of, hey, if you are interested in starting a podcast, I'd love to help you. You know, I'm a... I'm a follower of you. I love what you do. I think it translates really well into a podcast and I can help you if you're looking for help. So that's that people have found, my students have found success going that approach as well. That's a great, um, that's such a great tidbit because uh, I don't think one thing we've mentioned with a service that people could offer is launch, launch Mm -hmm. prep and strategy. Can you talk to us about what that is? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's a, that's really where the tech comes in. You know, editing is technical, but you can pick it up. With the with launching, there is definitely a tech piece that many podcasters do not have an interest in learning or doing on their own. They've got other stuff on their plate and they are that's a really big service in this industry is looking for someone to help them get everything up and going and likely managing. Most people want ongoing management when it comes when if you're already doing a launch, but yeah, launching is really you know, the editing of a couple episodes, but also in the show notes and all of that stuff, but also hooking up all of the tech pieces so that it will show up in Apple Podcasts and it'll show up on Spotify and Google and all of those all of those things. So yeah, some people even will just focus on launches after they they realize, oh, I love launches. Launches have a lot of energy behind them. They're exciting. And so they'll just focus on launching podcasts you know, once, once they've gotten some experience under their belt. Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting space for people to consider too, just because, um, there's a lot that can go into getting a podcast launched. Like you were saying, kind of from a technical side, just how, what's an RSS feed and how do I get that connected? And, um, Mm -hmm. where should I be hosting my podcast and how much is that going to cost? And all those, there's a million questions of course, but also like the hype behind it. Like I'm following someone right now who's about to launch a podcast and she's been hyping it for months. And I, I actually feel really excited about it because of all the hype she's been doing. Her podcast is called corporate dropout. Uh, shout out to corporate dropout. And so anyway, it's, it's been a really fun journey to kind of follow that and to see how she's been doing that. And, um, you know, I could see people getting excited, maybe even someone who's listening that has a marketing background Mm. or a product marketing background could jump into, you know, podcast launch strategy and kind of how to cut through the noise of all the other podcasts that are out there. And, um, you know, how many episodes you want to try and have in the bag before you actually 
do launch that first one so you don't get caught in the podcast hamster wheel, as I like to call it, or the content creation hamster wheel. Um, so all of that piece, I I don't necessarily wish I had that in the beginning because it was good for me to go through that and learn it. Um, I am a very technical person, and so that part wasn't difficult, but the marketing piece of it and how to like get excitement before that first episode even goes out and how to be kind of ready for all of that, I think would be a really great niche for people to focus in on and learn more about. So um, just want to toss that out there too. So let's talk about your podcast manager program. So what is it? Um, where can people find it? What do you do? All of those great things. Yeah. So my podcast manager program exists to help people go from freelancer. They're, they're like, okay, I, I, I want to do something. I, maybe I've been a virtual assistant for, for a second or months or years, uh, but they're looking for a niche and find, looking for something that they can really get, become an expert at and that is going to be fun because podcasting is fun. It just is. So it takes a freelancer from not knowing anything, not knowing how to edit, not you don't need to know anything, to becoming a podcast manager and making three to five K a month is our is our goal for the program for you to you know to reach that at the end of the program so part-time by the way part-time yeah yes 20 hours a week yeah yeah so you can you can scale it up if you if you want to spend more time on it so it, it teaches how to edit it teaches how to write show notes how to do social media graphics how to do systems for you know managing all the pieces systems for guest management um, we talk a little bit about pitching your clients to be on other podcasts because that's a whole, you know, different world. But a lot of um, our podcasting clients will then ask us, like once we have worked with them, they'll say, oh, I, I want to spend the next three months getting on other shows. Can you help me with that? So we also we also touch on that. Um, and then it helps you to get experience because what I found is the confidence piece is huge when it comes to being a new podcast manager. You're like, okay, I have some of these skills now, but I don't feel confident. And it's, it still is scary. So the, the middle piece of the program helps you get experience, helps you get testimonials. We give feedback on your editing. Um, one thing, Tiffany, that you said was, you know, in order to be, to learn how to edit, you need to jump in there and then get better. So that's a big thing for me is being um, teachable and being able to learn. So I I love giving people feedback so that they can get better. Um, and also encouraging them to keep going, even if their first edit is not great. (laughs) So we, we cover that. And then the, the last piece of the program teaches you how to land clients, how to set up your business systems, um, how to, uh, talk to clients. Cause that's such a huge topic is like how to work with clients. You're like, I landed a client. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Oh no, their audio is horrible. How do I talk to them about this? Or, you know, scope creep. You know, they're asking me to do a million things outside of our our package. What do I do? So that's what we do ongoing on our coaching calls is like, how do you talk to clients so you can be, you know, encouraging and uh, professional, but not have a job that you don't like anymore? (laughs) Totally. And even I can see like a deadline type of stuff like Mm -hmm. someone getting you episodes too late and you're having to scramble to get it in and tricky things like that so that's really awesome that you offer that ongoing help 
Yeah. It's really when you, after you've worked with maybe two or three clients, you, you see it, you know, there's only a couple of things that can, that can go wrong. And you're like, okay, I'm going <laughs> to nip this in the bud before it happens. I'm going to have my systems. I'm going to be firm, um, with a smile and make sure that, like you said, like I'm not having to edit an episode, you know, in overnight or something crazy like that. That's not necessary. <laughs> yes, totally. Seriously. Beth, do you want to jump in? Yeah, so where can folks find you and find your class and uh, and all of that? And we will, of course, add all of this in the show notes. But uh, why don't you go ahead and tell the folks out there where they can find you? Yeah, thank you. Uh, well, you can find me on Instagram is where I'm most active. And I'm at Lauren Wrighton on Instagram. And then also, if people are interested in learning more about how to become a profitable podcast manager, I have a free training or masterclass that teaches um, some of the mistakes that I made that you might be making if you are trying this, or maybe if you're you, this is the first time you've heard of this idea, you'll learn kind of the first steps to take to become a podcast manager. Um, and then I also talk about my program in that training. So you can go watch that, grab a seat to that training at laurenwrighton.com forward slash masterclass. Love it. Um, and last but not least, if there's someone out there who's listening to this that this sort of piqued their interest, um, is there anything you would say to them as, you know, words of wisdom when, you know, remembering back when you were in that space or, you know, the students that you're talking to or maybe are on the fence of taking your program or, or just even learning it on their own? Like, what do you say to that? What would you want to say to that person? Yeah, uh, probably lots of things. The first thing that comes to mind, this. though, yeah, the first <laughs> thing that comes to mind, though, is, you know, if you are interested in this topic, in this surface, and you maybe you're like, I'm going to go join a couple um, Facebook groups so I can see kind of what's happening. Uh, if you join some like podcaster Facebook groups or podcast editing Facebook groups, you might get bogged down with like people talking about the technical editing side of this is the product they use and these are the systems. And that was one thing that was really intimidating to me early on was like, oh, I actually have no clue what any of this stuff is. And even if you land a client and start editing, you might still not know what any of these things that they're talking about. So, you know, as always with things, sometimes you have to put your blinders on and and just work on your business. And being in community is 100% important. But when it comes to all of the technical hubbub, you don't need to know much of it, <laughs> to be honest. And there's some, in certain Facebook groups, there's some like, um, one-upping of who knows the most. And so I just think that can be intimidating and, and discouraging for someone that's new. Um, so don't, don't get bogged down with the people that know everything. Yeah. Someone, we had a guest recently who said something like, you know, at some point you need to stop trying to educate yourself and learn and buy everything and this other thing and take this free thing over here and actually just start doing. And mm -hmm. as someone who's been editing for a very, very long time now, 20 years or so. Like the editing is just something that you need to just start doing. Like yeah. you, you just have to start learning how to do it and you need to start practicing. Like go record a couple of like of your own little podcast episodes that maybe not saying you go start a podcast, but record something on your phone, mm -hmm. put it on an editing track and mess around with it. Yes. Start listening to things and just like actually get in there and do it. Like I said, use GarageBand or whatever the equivalent might be on a PC that's just free. It's just free software 
software, pick up your phone and record, drop mm-hmm. it on there and start to mess around and see what you like and um, and see how it all starts to land. Because it is, it is actually really fun, like you were saying, Lauren. It is fun. It was a hard thing to give up because I enjoyed doing it, but it is pretty time intensive with so it much is. else going on. So, yeah. Um, anyway, just throwing in my two cents of just start, start doing it. Just do yeah. It. I totally agree. And I like that tip of just record yourself. It might be hard to listen to your own voice. (laughs) A lot of us struggle with that, but get past that and just start practicing. That's great advice. Yeah. Especially because if you're not actually going anywhere with it, it's like whatever, or go in there and play around with like morphing your voice into something else. And then you don't have to listen to yourself. You can listen to like yourself like this or something. (laughs) Yeah. The robot version of your, of your voice. (laughs) I love it. Beth, do you have any um, final questions or requests for our guest Lauren here? You know, I, I don't because in part because we have a podcast, so we are we are familiar with a lot of this. I hope that we've provided some interesting things for our listeners out there. Um, and it sounds like a great course that you've got and a great program that you've got, Lauren. So um, good c- continued good luck with that. And uh, for those of you listening who want to uh, learn more, check it out. It sounds like a great thing to try. Yeah. And Lauren, too, before we hop off, I know that, you know, obviously our audience is made up of parents. And, you know, can you, before we do sign off, can you maybe speak to just the piece of, you know, what is this particular job like when you do have kids? And is it really something that you can mold around your family schedule easily? Yeah, yeah, it it really is. Because so, so I guess you can look at it in two different ways. You, it's not, editing is not something you can easily like multitask. You have to be focused. So as a parent, that can be a negative, but it's great because you can sit down and do, and just do it and get it done. There's not a ton of back and forth with clients. Like you don't, you might touch base with a client like once a week, but it's definitely not like a, you need to talk to them every day. You know, they get you your, the stuff that you need for the week and then you produce it and it's up there and scheduled. So that piece of it is is nice and it was essential to me in the beginning uh, that I could just go to work at night and get it all done and then the next morning didn't have to think about it so but yeah that you also some of it you can multitask with it but for the most part it needs to be pretty focused work yeah that's that's really good so maybe if you're a parent out there who is trying to work in the nooks and crannies of time you know you have 20 30 60 minutes here and there throughout the day where you can fire off some emails create a couple graphics do something like that and you don't have a three-hour chunk ever unless you're staying Mm -hmm. up super late you know maybe it's not the perfect time to to jump into something like this because like you said it, it it is really disruptive if you start an episode and then you can't finish editing it for like a day or two because you're like oh you know you don't have the flow of the episode right in your brain so that can be it's not impossible it's definitely not impossible I've done it it just you know it's better for just like every once in a while having to do something like that but if you are someone out there who's maybe your kid is you know starting in kindergartners in school and you do have these little chunks of time that you can carve out um, to do this, it could be a really, really great fit because it's like the flip side, you're not having to do a ton of like emails and interactions and stuff like that. So For sure. um, I'm glad that we touched on this because that is a really interesting, you know, different little point to make. Yeah. 
Cool. Well, like she said, you can learn about uh, her website and programs and everything at Lauren Wrighton, W-R-I-G-H-T-O-N.com. And she also, Lauren also posts a lot of great, great, helpful content on her Instagram, um, which is how I found her. So Lauren, at Lauren Wrighton. And if you're ready to get support from like-minded parents, just like you who are right there in the trenches of entrepreneurship, we would invite you to join our free Slack group. Um, You can ask questions, get feedback. I love to connect people with people like Lauren that I've come across on my social media travels um, because obviously (laughs) we are not an expert in all of these different areas and I want to connect you with the experts. So um, jump in there. You can go to kenzacollective.com slash slack. Um, shoot me a DM on our Instagram at Kenza Collective. Grab the link in our show notes. There's all kinds of ways for you to find us and connect with us. So thank you, Lauren, so much for joining us and sharing your expertise and your insight. And thank you for creating um, your program and putting it out there and helping people create this life and a living that actually works for our families. You really are making a difference in the world and we appreciate people like you. Yes. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for those kind words. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. All right. Over and out. See you next time. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Kenza Collective to stay in touch. And if you have a moment, please drop a review for this podcast so that we can reach more parents and help them create a life and a living that actually works for their families. Have a great day.